0: Welcome to the Uncle Eric Presents Crime Fiction Podcast Featuring classic radio shows, crime, murder mysteries, and suspense shows We're so glad you tuned in for this current classic episode But first, a few show comments
1: and episode notes from Uncle Eric Welcome back folks to yet another exciting episode from the Uncle Eric Presents Classic Radio Series I sure do hope you're enjoying these great classic crime murder mysteries And I thank you for stopping by again This episode is from the classic The Shadow series and is titled, Voice of Death. This episode originally aired in 1940. When remastering this episode, I left in the original commercials from the original episode to preserve the authenticity of this broadcast, thereby giving you a more authentic listening experience, the way as was back in 1940. This exciting episode is brought to you by our good friends at BoomerFlix.com. At BoomerFlix.com, You can watch thousands of the old classic television shows and the classic horror movies you grew up with. If you're a classic television show or classic movie fan, then boomerflix.com is just for you. Give boomerflix.com a visit. Also, please visit uncleeric.com to listen to all the currently available radio podcast categories and episodes. There are also hundreds of classic crime and detective television shows you can watch as well. They're really a hoot to watch. If you like this episode, please consider buying Uncle Eric a cup of coffee at the support link below. Thanks a million. Now, enjoy this great episode of The Shadow titled, Voice of Death.
2: The forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. As the shadow, Cranston is gifted with hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's story: The Voice of Death.
3: You almost finished reading your paper?
2: Yes, Annie.
3: Time to go to bed, ain't it?
4: Yes, Annie.
3: Better make sure all the windows are shut. Sounds like a real mean storm coming up.
4: Yes, Annie. Hmm? Yes, Annie?
3: Did you hear that? What? Y- you hear it? Sounds just like little kittens.
4: Yeah. Well, I wonder where they come from.
3: With the poor things, outdoors on a night like this. Sam, will you go out and find them?
4: Go what, on, will you? Right, Annie, you don't...
3: Just listen to them little critters. Ain't you got no heart, Sam?
4: Oh, all right. Where's my raincoat Oh, uh,
3: here you are. I'll set up a little box for them by the fire. All
4: right, all right, all right. now. Stop your crying, kittens. I'm coming. Just wait. I'll
3: heat up a bit of milk, too.
4: Here, kitty, 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 kitty. You see him, Sam? No, not yet. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Sammy, I don't Sam! Sam, what's wrong?
3: What in the name of all this fool Sam! Sam, what is it? Sam, what happened? Sam, blood. You're all covered with blood. Rose. They tore my. Sam, how could kittens do? Sam is dead. Well, I must say, Lamont, that we picked a fine day to go visiting.
2: (laughs) You want no secret, Margot? I'm your man. This whole thing is just an effect.
3: Huh?
2: A fact day? Uh Uh-huh. People always look for a mysterious atmosphere in the Louisiana bio, so uh, Mother Nature very obligingly provides it for them. Oh, I
3: see. Well, I must say that sunshine wouldn't make a great deal of difference. I don't see how it could ever penetrate those moss-laden trees. <laughs> much further to go, Lamont?
2: I don't think so. Arthur told me the house was exactly five miles from that last bridge.
3: Why in the world would anyone want to live way off like this? Well,
2: the house has been in Arthur Whittington's family for many, many years, and Arthur, being a rather peculiar chap, I I don't suppose it bothers him in the least. Oh.
3: Forgive me for appearing dull, but
2: I don't get it. Well, Margo, it's a a long story. It began in college when we took a medical course together. I guess I was the only person in the whole school who really understood him.
3: Why was that? Well,
2: Arthur was a brilliant student, but he was also a highly sensitive lad, always imagining that people were making fun of him, laughing at him behind his back.
3: Was there any reason
2: for that? Well, yes, there was. It was his voice. He had the harshest-sounding voice I'd ever heard. It cracked, it rasped. It did everything that a voice shouldn't do. Really? In fact, it was his voice that made him leave medical school.
3: I don't follow you, Lamont.
2: Well, it all happened one day in class. Arthur had prepared a paper, an excellent paper that he had to read aloud to the student body. I can see him now, nervously getting to his feet, fumbling with the paper
4: then clearing his throat, Thank you, Professor. I have the paper ready. I will now read some facts that I have prepared that are based on my findings of diseases of the heart. As we all know... (laughs) uh, As we all know, diseases of the heart may be classified in two main groups. (laughs) May be classified in two main groups. One diseases of the valve one diseases of the vow. one diseases of the vow. gentlemen gentlemen please please you may proceed Mr. Whittington well, Mr. Whittington where are you going wait why are you leaving the classroom well, well he threw down his paper and walked right out of the room
2: and he also walked right out of the school, Margot. Oh,
3: the poor boy.
2: I've never heard of him since. But we've corresponded. And uh, then, as you know, when he learned that we were down here in Louisiana fishing, he got in touch with me and invited us out to see him.
3: Well, that goes a long way toward explaining his living out here so far from civilization. You know, he still must be sensitive about that horrible voice.
2: Yes, I'm sure he is. But remember, we mustn't do anything to call attention to it. Oh, heavens,
3: no, I wouldn't. bomb, something right ahead on the road. Uh, yes,
2: Margot, yes, I see it. It's yeah. this rain on the windshield is hard to... Wait. It's some sort of a fence.
3: Well, it looks like we've reached the end of the line.
2: And not a house in
3: sight. Yeah.
2: And there seems to be a sign on it. We'd better get out and investigate. Button up that raincoat, Margot.
3: Oh, don't worry. Well,
2: yeah. getting so dark, you can hardly make the sign out.
3: Here's your flashlight, Lamar.
2: Oh, thank you. There we are. Well... Yeah. Whittington Hall. Keep out.
3: That's a nice welcome.
2: (laughs) Oh, I'm sure that doesn't mean that. Well, looks like we'll have to walk down this path to get to the house.
3: I think I can just see it through the trees. Come on, did you hear that?
2: Yes. Sounds like little kittens. Oh, the poor
3: things out in weather like this. I'm going to find them. They seem to be under that forest. Here, kitty, 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 kitty.
2: On, Margo, oh, kitty, kitty. you'll get so climbing around in that underbrush. Well, I'll have
4: him just
2: oh, Margo! Oh, come
4: on, come here, quickly. Margo, what in the next? Dog, giant dog. Help me get down, you! Get down! Get down!
2: Run for Margo! This trouble takes take care of him. Get down, you! Get out! There.
3: They're running away. Margo, are you all right? Yes, I... I guess so. They didn't hurt you? No. One of them ripped my
2: coat, that's all.
3: Lamont, I don't understand. They sounded like little kittens.
2: Yes, yes, I know.
3: Oh, what do you make of it, Lamont?
2: I don't know. But one thing is certain, we're going back to the car and get my revolver before we start for that house.
3: Lamont, I've never seen such an eerie-looking house in my life broken shutters and the crumbled stairs. Those unpainted walls. Don't tell me that this is the Whittington Mansion.
2: I guess it is, Margot. Yeah,
3: we're back in New Orleans.
2: Well, if you'd rather we... Well, ca- no,
3: we've come this far. Go ahead and knock at the door. I promise you, if a ghost answers, I won't be surprised.
2: No, frankly, nor will I. You going to tell Mr. Whittington about the dog? Well, of course. Why not?
3: That may sound a bit strange in the telling. Dogs that sound like little kittens.
2: Well, he may know who's... What do you want? Oh, uh, good evening. We'd like to see Mr. Whittington, please. What is it about? He's expecting. There are no guests expected here tonight. Well, if you'll say that Miss Lane and Mr. Cranston are here... I tell you
4: that Mr. Whittington is not seeing anyone tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What is it? People here, Mr. Arthur. Oh, Arthur. It's Lamont Cranston. Lamont, come in. Come in. Jasper, you old fool. I told you we were expecting Mr. Cranston. Sorry, Mr. Arthur. Come in, sir, please. Well, Lamont, I'm glad you were able to come. It's good seeing you again. Well, thank you, Arthur. I'd like you to meet a friend of mine, Miss
2: Lane. Uh, this is Arthur Whittington, Margot.
4: How do you do, How Mr. do you Lane? do, Mr. Whittington? Well, come, take off those wet coats. Thanks. Yes,
2: we're
4: more or less swimming in these. Uh, Jasper, show Miss Lane and Mr. Cranston into the living room. There's a fire there, Lamont. You can dry
2: off. All the
4: comforts of home. Yes. <laughs> Now, if you will excuse me for a moment, I'll go and arrange for dinner.
2: Oh, yes, yes, of course. You will come this way, please. Thank you.
3: Come on. this place is just as scary inside as it was outdoors.
2: Yes, I uh, see what you mean.
3: There's muscle walls and that worn furniture. The candles and old-fashioned land. I don't understand how anyone can live
2: here. There's something else that's more difficult to understand, Margot. What do you mean? That man that greeted us was Arthur Whittington. But it was not Whittington's voice.
4: (laughs) No, no, Lamont. I saved this wine for special occasions. (laughs) Very special occasions. Well, we're flattered. I suppose my mode of living is a bit mystifying to you, Miss Lane.
3: Mystifying?
4: Well, my staying here in the wilderness, in a house that's almost in ruins, living alone with just a servant.
3: Well, I I think it might have its advantages,
2: too.
4: Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. Some people might not
2: understand. I must say, though, Arthur, for a man who's roughing it, you set a highly civilized table.
4: Well, I'm like a Britisher in the tropics, I guess. I still like to maintain... Master. Uh, Master Arthur, what is it, Jasper? Why are you interrupting my meal? Master, they are loose again. What? I told you to keep that door locked. I know, I know, but they got out. You fool. They must be someplace near. I keep hearing them. Excuse me, please, Miss Lane. (sighs) Lamont, I'll be right back. Come along, Casper. Yes.
3: Oh, don't mind that. Lamont, you know they're worse people. What's all this about?
2: I'm not sure, Margot. But it could be those savage dogs.
3: Lamont, do you think they belong in Mr. Whittington? Perhaps. You know, I'm letting you in on a little secret. I wish we could leave here. Well, why, Margot? Well, the way Arthur Whittington acts, the way he talks, the way he looks at you, I don't know, it, it just sends shivers up my back.
2: But we can't leave now. Not until this storm is over, at any rate. Oh, I
3: certainly wish that we'd never... Lamont, oh, you hear that?
2: Yes. That same sound. They're near the house this time.
3: Why shouldn't he have such beasts around here? And how did they get the voice of a cat?
2: That's something we'll find out when Arthur returns. I'll just go...
3: What was that?
2: It was a human voice.
3: sounded like it came from someplace here in the house. Yes. Oh, I don't like this place, Lamont. When he comes back, I think you should ask for an explanation. I think we should know about those dogs and that moaning, too.
4: Yes, Yes, when Arthur returns... I I have returned, Lamont.
3: I didn't hear you come in.
4: What was that about, my returning, Lamont? Well, Arthur... Uh,
2: both Margot and myself were very curious to learn something about two giant dogs that we encountered on our way in here. Oh, yes, what about them? Well, we wondered just how it was possible that these huge animals had the vocal cords of tiny kittens. Oh, <laughs> look,
4: Martin, I shouldn't have given you that last glass of wine. No, but it's true. I saw and heard them, too. Oh, now come, Miss Lane. I'd say your imaginations were working overtime. Who is that, Arthur? Well, what are you talking about?
2: Hey, you hear it? That voice. Someone in this house. Arthur, we've got this.
1: We'll be back after a quick break. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Yes, I know.
4: Now that you've heard him, I, I'll i have to explain his presence.
3: Well, who is it? Why did he cry out like that?
4: Miss Lane, that was a cousin of mine, Frank Harper. He's in one of the rooms off this corridor. He's locked in that room because... Well, because he's not right mentally. Oh. I'm sorry you had to learn about this. Family skeletons are never very pleasant topics. Harper! Yes, you see, my dear cousin Harper. I've gotten free of myself at last. Oh. And now... Get out of here, do you hear me? No, no, I won't. Uh, Help me, you two. Help me. He can't keep me here like this. Look, fool, we'll get back to your room. No, no, let me go. Take it easy, Arthur. I must handle this in my own way. Yes, don't let him send me back. Help me. Shut up, fool. Come in here with me. No, no. Lamond. Oh, Amanda, that
3: was horrible.
2: Yes. And it was also very revealing. What do you mean? The voice of that man, Harper, is the same one that used to belong to Arthur Whittington. Mean? I don't know yet Margo some way somehow that poor creature that rushed in here has been given Whittington's voice
3: listen the animals again
2: yes they're part of this thing too this mix-up of voices oh Lamont
3: I wish we could leave here right now
2: we can't go now Margot. not until we learn what's behind all this oh,
3: Lamont, what's happening up there
2: Sounds as if Harp is being beaten come on Margot. we're going to that room what are you going to do I want to talk to that boy Quietly, Margot. We must get down the hall without Whittington hearing us. What is he doing to him? Quiet. The room is right down here.
3: Are you going in there?
2: Not yet. Not until Whittington leaves. I want to talk to the boy alone.
3: Perhaps I'd better wait in the living room. Well... If Whittington wants to know where you are, I can tell him that you've gone out to the car for something.
2: Very well, Margot.
3: But please, Lamont, please don't be long. I won't.
2: The answer to this mystery will be found very quickly by the shadow. Oh,
4: that'll teach you not to go running around this house. Now you stay here and be quiet, understand? Either you obey me in the future. Good night, my dear cousin. Oh. No, you're not.
2: get you into this house
4: i came to visit just like that couple i saw in the dining room tonight but i never got out they never will either why do you say that he will use them just as he used me for his devilish
2: work why was your cousin jealous of you
4: my voice
2: yes what about your voice
4: i used to have the voice that arthur has now
2: i knew it i knew it what did he do How did he accomplish this transference?
4: Came to my house one night. Had dinner. Then I... I felt drowsy. I'd been dropped. Yes? Then what happened? Well, when I came to, I was... I was in his laboratory.
2: He has a laboratory here in the house?
4: Yes. I was strapped to a table. I fought to get loose, but it wasn't any use. Then he clamped an ether cone on my face. I passed out. And when you came to... I came to, or it must have been days later. I had his voice, this horrible voice of his, and he had mine.
2: And you've been kept prisoner here ever since?
4: Yes, yes, always in this cell, in this same cell. Even the dogs get out, those savage dogs that he gave the voices of little kittens.
2: Oh, I see. That accounts for the dogs. Well, I promise you this, Mr. Harper. You shall be free to leave this cell of yours... After tonight.
3: Is that you, Lamont?
4: No. Oh. I'm sorry.
3: Oh, Mr. Whittington.
4: Where is Lamont?
3: Well, he went out to the car for something. He should be right back.
4: I see. Well, perhaps you'd like me to show you your room while we're waiting.
3: Oh, no, thanks. That's all right.
4: I'll wait for him. I'd rather you come with me now, if you will. I have several chores to perform, and I'd just like you to know where your room is. very well. Just down this hall, Miss Lane. Thank you. I think you'll be very interested in what I have to show you. This will be your room. Won't you step inside? All
3: right. Is there a light that I can... What are you doing?
4: I'm just making sure that no one will disturb us, Miss Lane.
3: Why did you lock that door?
4: You'll see. Now we'll put on this lamp... Ah, What's wrong? What is this place? This is my laboratory, Miss Lane. It's my workshop where I conduct my experiments.
3: Send me out of here and unlock that door at once.
4: I'm sorry, but you're staying here. If you don't
3: let me out, I'll call for help. Lamont will hear me.
4: Why don't you call?
3: Lamont! Lamont!
4: Before you continue, Miss Lane, you might be interested to learn that these walls are completely soundproof.
3: What are you doing? This? Why have you gotten here?
4: You're going to help me, Miss Lane. Help you? Yes. You're going to be a party to an experiment of mine. My greatest experiment. What do you mean? you learn soon enough. First, I'm afraid I must strap you to this table. No. No, keep away from me. Stop being such an obstinate fool. No, don't, don't. do that. Stop <coughs> pounding on that door. Let go of me. You come with me now. Oh. On this table. No, you can't do this. There you are. Let me go. Let me go. Now a few traps to hold you securely. No, let me lose. There we are. Oh, oh. Now. Now you can struggle or scream as much as you wish. I'd particularly recommend the scream. It may be your last chance to use it. What do you mean? This experiment of mine has to do with your voice, Miss Lane. That's my work, you know. The transference of voices. What are you saying? You've already heard two of my examples. The dogs with the voices of little kittens. And my cousin, Frank Harper. Then it's true. What Lamont thought is true. Oh, so he guessed my secret, eh? Well, he'll never live to tell it. Oh, no. You will survive, though. But you won't be able to tell it either, Miss Lane.
3: What are you going to do, Tom?
4: I'll show you. The answer to your question is in this box. Let me open it. There we are. A cat. Yes, a cat. Have you ever seen a more beautiful cat? She's pure Persian, aren't you, girl? No.
3: What has that cat got to do with me? A
4: great deal. and giving her your vocal cord.
3: No. No, you don't know what you're doing. You're men. Not at all.
4: I merely have a great hatred, Miss Lane, for the entire human race. They ruined me. Their heartless cruelty blighted my entire life. But animals. Ah. You're different. Aren't you, my little pet? No.
3: You can't mean what you
4: say. But I do. Lady knows that, don't you, girl? She knows that after tonight, we'll be able to converse, be able to tell one another of all the things that we've kept stored no, you up. you can't. You can't do this. And you, Miss Lane, as besit your sex, you will have the vocal cords of a cat. No. No. Now, I think we can proceed with these... No, comments. keep
3: away. Keep away. There will
4: be no pain. Miss Skeeter will take no. care of that. Are you ready? No, please.
2: No, she isn't ready, Mr. Whittington.
4: Who is that? Who spoke?
2: I spoke to you. Who are you? I am called the Shadow. Don't try to find me. I've made myself quite invisible to your eyes.
4: What are you doing here? Why are you interrupting my work? I've come to put an end to your work. I'm here to free that young woman. Oh, no, no, you won't. I'm not frightened by someone I can't even see. Put down that ether. I'm going ahead with my work. No, no. You may not be able to see me, Mr. Whittington, but I think you'll feel this. (laughs) Why, you... Now I'm releasing this girl, and then I'm
2: holding you until I can get the police out here. They'll be very interested in your experiment.
4: <laughs> you think you can keep me here, do you? Uh, the light put out some light. Now, Mr. Shadow, I am invisible too, And I'm getting out of here right now. But stop it. He's going through those
3: running. Come windows. back here, Whittington. <laughs> Come and get this
4: shadow. Come on, Margo. He's not getting away.
3: There he is crossing the lawn. He's
2: evidently trying to get to our car. <laughs> Look, Margo. Those two figures running after Whittington. It's the dog, the giant dog. Oh, they're chasing him, What the Oh, they're tearing the pieces. Whittington, the guy. Oh, Margot, can't you do something for him. I'm not concerned with doing something for you, Margot. There's everyone who's spotted you. Quick, back to the
3: house. Oh, they're coming out of Vermont. I'll never stand. I you stand oh. still, Margot. Don't move. I'll take care of them. Oh. Well, now that we see that Mr. Hoffer in good hands... I don't mind saying I'm certainly glad to be leaving that place, Lamont. You do know such interesting
2: people. well, you can't say they're dull. no
3: <laughs> did you tell the police about the dogs?
2: Yes, they've destroyed them, and Whittington's body is being removed to town.
3: You know something, Lamont What whenever I see an alley cat from now on, I'll think to myself, there, but for the grace of the shadow, go I. <laughs>
2: Thank <laughs> you.